Good morning and welcome to School of Parenting on River Radio with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. And today I am joined by Joe Colley-Keys, um, a natural chef. And Joe's been on uh, River Radio School of Parenting before. Morning. Morning, Joe. And we've also got Jenny, a nutrition expert from The Lunchbox Doctor. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. My first time. Oh, it's lovely to have you both here. And we've got Sam as well floating around. Good morning, Sam. Okay, so what we, what are we going to look at today? So do your children's lunchboxes fill you with dread? We're only a couple of days back into the new term. Um, do you struggle to get your teens to eat breakfast? We absolutely have this problem in my house. <laughs> yeah, me too. And do you want to understand more about the eat sleep connection yeah absolutely because uh, I haven't been sleeping that well so um, thank you so much for coming in um, Joe and Jenny can, can we start can you tell us a bit about yourselves yes happily um, so I'm Joe Keys, and yeah I am a natural chef and healthy eating educator and my business is time to nourish um, and yeah I'm looking forward to sort of the new term for me from a business perspective so getting back to back to it over the last couple of years of lockdown it's it's all changed a lot um and been trying to sort of keep the business going but yeah run running workshops and things like that i've had to all go online and so really looking forward to some new workshops um and working with people in person again as uh, as the term starts does that feel strange when because you've done a few things haven't you back in person does it feel yeah no i'm so excited (laughs) for it it. i'm loving it yeah i've had a a couple of people into my own kitchen back into my kitchen to do yes to do some personal cook-alongs um and i absolutely love doing them they're one of the one of my favorite parts of my business um yeah and and some more bigger workshops coming up in october which i'm sure we'll talk about later okay and jenny tell us a bit about you and the lunchbox doctor so um i am a nutritionist by trade but um not but and (laughs) you also write lots of cookery books so during this past year and a bit i think it is now i've written two more so that's i think five cookery books and um, the latest one will be coming out in January it'll be an air fryer cookery book jumping on the the very popular trend for air fryers at the moment Um, so I create lots of recipes but I don't just put them in books I run lots of workshops and create lots of content for brands kitchen appliance brands food brands and I do a lot of corporate well-being because that's my background this is a second career for me so it feels very natural to go back into my old haunts not just the same businesses as I worked for before but also other places and help people understand like we talk about this connection between mental well-being and nutrition or sleep and nutrition it's a under understood under understood yeah misunderstood yeah area and and before i forget Mm -hmm. um what's an air fryer so an air fryer is like (laughs) i I don't have one in my kitchen (laughs) i don't either Oh, Joe, I, I thought you had every... No, uh, I don't. I don't have <laughs> an air fryer yet. So, do you know, it's quite funny because years ago, I have a, a background in... I did a bit of TV and a lot of the TV that I did was QVC, which is obviously a, a TV selling channel. Mm. And I was your kitchen appliance, you know, I won't call it queen, but I, that's what I did. I was all about kitchen appliances. And the air fryer was something that just got so much air time all the time. And I was like, what is this thing? What is this thing? Fast forward to the beginning of this year, and my agent contacted me and said, no, it wasn't actually. It was my publisher contacted me and said, this thing's massive. We've got it. I was like, why now? But it is actually something that does so many things. First of all, if you like chips, but you yes. like healthier <laughs> chips, you don't want to stick them in a deep fat fryer, 
an air fryer's for that, but it's not just for that. So it's also for the fact that I sound like I'm on TV again now. Don't yeah. I? <laughs> Selling. <laughs> I don't mean to sell. Um, but it also does, and I use it for other things. So yesterday I made a soup in the air fryer. So what I did, I took loads of vegetables, tossed them in a bit of paprika, a bit of olive oil, a bit of salt, threw them into the air fryer until they were lovely, roasty and toasty, popped them into a food processor, a bit of coconut milk, uh, a little bit of stock. And there we had lunch for my husband and I, which was a rather nice way so to I don't, start the week. I don't know if this is a silly question then. So you're saying, because I love the idea, you know, you coat them in this and you stick mm. them in there, but it's actually... The air, is it? It's, it's a mini them. oven. It uses uh, sort of convection uh, cooking. It speeds up the process of cooking. So, for example, that soup I might make in the oven in 25 minutes. I can do it in the air fryer in between 15 and 20. Um, so it just takes a little bit off the cooking time. It doesn't waste as much electricity or energy because it's a smaller size. Um, and it does create that real crisp uh, taste and texture that you're looking for on things like healthier homemade chicken nuggets, which my children seem to oh. still enjoy. Uh, chips sweet potato fries that kind of thing okay so can i be controversial then and ask from mm-hmm. especially when the, with from the soup uh, perspective from a chef's perspective what is the difference between using the air fryer for mm. sort of roasted vegetables and just popping them in the oven the energy really and just, the okay. amount of time it takes so it's okay. about speed yeah and it's about actually reducing potentially washing up because you can yeah. use a smaller tray and, okay and it is about not wasting yeah. as much on the and also the I, I guess the, the crispy chips thing stay there. fresher then because you're not cooking it for so long because um, i sometimes think with roasted vegetables by the time i've actually got them to the point that they're nice and roasted how i like them i mm. do wonder what goodness is left in oh, them yeah. i mean obviously what whenever dessert? you cook vegetables you take some of the potential nutrient value away but you also gain in other areas the classic yeah. of course is like tomatoes yeah. where it's higher in vitamin c before you cook them but it's higher in lycopene uh, once you've cooked them and mm-hmm. lycopene is a, an antioxidant but we can okay. talk okay well if you have any questions <laughs> like like those then please email into rachel at river dot radio so any questions for, my, for myself I, I won't be able to answer anything on nutrition um joe or jenny so um well, let's start with um, lunch boxes because we, we, some schools went back last week, some schools went back yesterday. Um, um, I feel really fortunate actually that we my kids get their lunch at school. Um, so, but but I can't imagine the lunch boxes. I mean, on the odd occasion that we have to do lunch boxes or something, um, to have to think and come up with new ideas, ideas, yes. and and also healthy because obviously they have to take snacks in and they've got to be healthy. Well, we I, I think they did a survey. We're, we're probably the least we've we've kind of crossed back into mm. because otherwise they just don't eat them. But I mean that's just a whole new education in our family. But um, yeah, I mean, so what what ideas have you got for? for healthy but I guess they've got to be fun and interesting and the kids have got to want to eat them haven't they yeah so many so many ideas I mean the before um my business name was Lunchbox Doctor it was actually not just sandwiches and the only reason I didn't stick with that was actually the name of a sandwich shop in LA (laughs) so the idea behind it was that when my eldest went to primary school she didn't even like bread Mm. so you know my idea of a pat lunch was you know sandwich packet of crisps maybe and a bit of fruit so the fact that this child wouldn't and you know I wasn't sort of um trying to pander to her delicate tastes it was more that I thought well actually you can have a quite nutritious lunch without having bread or a sandwich and I started looking at what else you could do and I think the first recipe that I ever shared was actually a savoury flapjack 
which is kind of a strange concept, isn't it? But jam-packed full of vegetables and bound together with eggs and cheese. So really nutritious as a sandwich alternative. But it just kind of expanded from there. But now I do do quite a lot of work with... I train the trainer, so train teachers to teach nutrition in schools, and lunches is obviously a big Mm. question mark. And I use a framework called Lunchbox Bingo, which helps both parents and children identify what they would like that actually is quite healthy and so it's about having a tick in every um, group every food group carbohydrate protein calcium fruit vegetable and a drink and they'll lay it out like a a lump a bingo and so literally if you have a tick in every column you've got lunchbox bingo full house and you're winning because you have all of those needs met and I always use that with my own children as well. Okay. And Joe, what's your experience? I mean, yeah, you've got three I just, children. I have got three children and I I for feeling very privileged that I don't actually as of this year need to make lunch boxes because they're all having uh, lunch provided for them. Um however, they are also now in a position where they make their own choices about what they choose to have for lunch when they go to school and buy it. Um and I know that I'm going to have to let go of my want for them to to make those healthy choices because I know that they won't so um but but going back to actually the lunchbox uh you know I mean Jenny's I've used Jenny's system with my own children because it just it gives them the responsibility as well to get involved it's not all all on you and I think that's really important um is to get the kids involved get them choosing because like you mentioned you know I've been through this scenario where you've made a lunchbox and the whole thing comes back and they've actually not eaten anything Mm. you know and that worries me even more is that they you know they've not given themselves any half a chance to be able to concentrate in lessons if they've not fed themselves you know and and we'll I'm sure come back to the breakfast thing in a minute which is you know if they don't eat breakfast maybe is that going to affect their ability to to concentrate and engage um in lessons and in you know sort of the sports side of things um so yeah so i've used that system before as well um and i think the the getting them involved is important um and keeping variety um because you do very easily get stuck in a rut of a pitta with some ham and maybe a chopped up apple and Mm -hmm. you know a squeezy yogurt or you know and it's the same thing every day which is easy for the mum but if that starts coming home you know the kids are just bored with that and 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 also if I I mean I have a child who doesn't like sandwiches so won't eat bread when we do have to do lunch boxes but also doesn't like eggs so Mm. the whole frittata you know egg you know to get the protein and that like that I mean that doesn't work so yeah I mean also utilizing different things don't just think sandwich box think you know thermos flask um, and you know it doesn't necessarily need to be hot but you know you could do a pasta dish or a rice dish maybe mm. leftovers from from dinner from the night before and then you don't even have to think about making something extra for lunch uh, for the next day for the lunchbox is utilizing what you've got um, to make it easy for you if you know there is a, you know there's a, a rice pie dish that I do that the kids absolutely love and it's great hot the you know of an evening meal and the leftovers are great just mashed up cold and it's just like a sort of um, cold risotto type uh, rice dish um, and you can just add some extra chopped up vegetables to that raw or cooked um, and and there's your there's your dinner done is there a healthy alternative to crisps 
I would say so. Yeah. I think there's loads. Tell us, tell us what they are. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, again, you know, we're saying take, take the sandwich out of the equation, but you could potentially take the crisps out. But if you like still having that crispy, crunchy texture, mm. there are so many ways that you can still enjoy alternatives. And actually, you know, some of them may sound a bit wild and wacky and some of them less so, perhaps, but... Again, crispy chickpeas, actually a mm. lot of kids should be quite surprised, would quite Ooh. enjoy them. You just put a little coating on them and actually can actually put a little bit of sweetness on them yeah. as well. You know, a little bit of maple syrup or a little bit of sugar or whatever, but combined with some Cajun spices or some yeah. paprika or something like that, that can go down well. Um, but you can also, you know, have kind of crispy vegetables, um, Actually, if children like crunch, mm. you'll often find they like crunch in raw vegetables as well. It's yeah. not that they have to have that deep fried sensation. They can have crunch from a uh, you know carrot stick or a fresh pepper stick. What else would you add to that? Yeah, I mean, there? you know, if, if you're looking for something in a packet, my alternative is, um, you know, is, is a salty popcorn. Uh, mine do like okay. that. Um, but also to, to don't put so much pressure on yourself. You know, a packet of crisps every now and again is, is not that bad. You know, it's potato. The, the bit that's that's not so good often is the oil that they use and you don't want to be having that too regularly. Um, so, but but don't, you know... They are. They can be a treat, you know, maybe on a Friday or whatever to have your crisps and the, the rest of the time you get your crispiness from other healthy things um, like the vegetables that Jenny was just talking about. And, and what about a sweet treat? So obviously, you know, the fruit goes in there as well, but if there's something like... The a, cereal bars. Yes, yeah. <laughs> look at cook lunches. So look at what's being provided by catering companies in a cook lunch. You know, almost every day it's mm. a stodgy mm. pudding. Yep. And that with is custard. with custard, you know, so actually whatever you put in a lunchbox is going to be probably going to be better than that. So yeah. don't beat yourself up. I think top tip, and certainly I think both of us would agree with this, rather than beat yourself up about what you're putting in and thinking about taking things out, just think about what n- nutrients you can uh, add. Uh, yeah, that's probably the most important thing. OK, Sam, did you ever have to do lunchboxes? I have to. Loads. Yeah, my, <laughs> Loads. I'm just you on the spot here. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just scrolling TikTok, were you? Know? <laughs> Looking for lunchboxes. <laughs> uh, no, I, I was a stay-at-home dad um, because I had I had three startups I was running. So I decided that we didn't need a nanny. It, it just was superfluous to our needs. So I did them, yeah. Mm. And my wife was running a corporate company, so she didn't do them. She went off early in the morning. Um, Did the kids eat them? Uh, some days. I mean, I have to say I wasn't <laughs> the greatest. I tried my best, you know. I, I, some days there was failure on crisps. There was a lot of that. But um, eventually, I mean, my, my youngest is very particular. Um, she doesn't eat. She's never had a fizzy drink in her life. She will only have water. I keep telling my wife, stop trying to encourage her with alcohol now. She's 17. <laughs> she doesn't want it. She really doesn't want it. But um, anyway, it, it, it is a difficult challenge. And... I think kids do want to go to the default uh, crap I was going to say, and I can't say that because it's my radio station, so I'm going to say it. Um, I'll find myself later. Um, But they do because that's what, if they see everyone else having it as well, that's what they'll go for. And we are presupposed for sugar and sweet stuff. So it's, you know, carrot stick, chocolate bar. Mm, You know, we know what kids will go for. Mm. So you're right. Adding that nutrition to their their daily intake they're not going to go for it naturally that's not their natural inclination you know so we as adults and parents have to give them that 
uh, education learning we do it in other areas why don't we do it with food exactly and I also think the messaging that comes from parents is really important you know this kind of you can't police, you know, what your children have and don't have. It has to be about providing them with carrot rather yeah, than with stick. The choice, yeah. You know, with the choice, and and also just giving them the reasons why. Um, so, you know, I work with quite a lot of um, athletes, high performance athletes, the teenagers. They've got every reason to want to eat well, and that's fine. But mm. then there are other children who have different objectives. You know, they want to achieve great exam results, and actually, it is genuine. There is a genuine link between um, your concentration, mm. your memory, your ability to. Uh, so still be performing on your A game at that you know, double maths at the end of the day, and what you eat, and what you've definitely what you've had for lunch. You just ask any teacher if the, you know the child yeah. has had a, a white bread jam sandwich at lunchtime and a chocolate bar. Oh, that yeah. white bread jam sandwich! You you know. We've done that, yes. But you know, as a teacher, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what that child yeah. is going to be struggling with, and mm. it'll be that naughty dog syndrome mm. towards the end of the day. So, well, let's chat about that when we come back. Let's have a song, but but that whole um, connection then with the brain, and because that sort of leads us into, um, I know definitely in our house we've got a teenager who's refusing to eat breakfast. So you know, what do we what do we do there? We've tried to explain the whole connection um but it's not it's not going in so yeah so that's uh, really important let's chat about that when we come back after this song we've got lucy silvers and what you're made across of. the thames valley one more time across the thames valley this this is river radio Ooh. well now for some pop music try this we're at the point of no return we can go backwards and no corners haven't turned I can't control it if I sink or if I swim Cause I chose the waters that I mean And it makes no difference Who is right or wrong I deserve much more than this Cause there's
to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guests today are Joe Keyes, natural chef from Time to Nourish, and Jenny T. Sheen, nutrition expert from the Lunchbox Doctor. Good morning, it's Good lovely morning, to have morning. you both here. Um, so you're listening to River Radio, you can listen on mobile, River Radio Live, Apple app, on Google app, ask Alexa to play River Radio Live, or go to our website, river.radio. So before the break, we were having a chat about kids' lunchboxes, we've got lots of ideas, I love the lunchbox bingo, um, I will be trying that, um, just with meals actually, adapting that for, for meals. Um, we started talking about the, the connection, the food brain connection and that links into something that we um, wanted to chat about of just teens getting teens to eat breakfast and this is a problem that we have in our house is um, one of my children has got to teenage years well it's happened a bit before but is basically refusing to eat breakfast saying he just doesn't have the appetite at that time mm. in the morning which I know their whole sleep patterns change don't they and everything mm-hmm. And then we've even tried, because he has a fairly long journey to school, putting things so he can perhaps by the time he's got a bit closer to school, um, he's still not eating. He's got snacks in his bags. What do we do? I mean, I'm assuming his brain is just not working and, and that it's you're, you're spot on what yeah. you've actually um diagnosed i think yes. I call it there, yeah. is that we all have um our own circadian rhythm so within your family you'll probably see or, or witness you know behaviors that lend themselves towards someone being more of an owl so a like to stay up late at night but ideally sleeping in the morning and then you'll probably see people who are more like a lark who like to get up early like to go to bed early too Larks tend to be naturally more breakfast people. Owls tend not to be. Most teenagers become for a brief period an owl during their teenage years. So there is actually a good reason why teenagers don't have the appetite for breakfast. And I would say don't push it. Okay. They can actually have their sleep affected by eating. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Outside of their circadian rhythm. It can also change their sensitivity to insulin. So it can make them want to eat more 
sugary mm. foods, white carbohydrates, if we go against our natural circadian rhythm. So my daughter is naturally an owl. I knew that before she was a teenager. She's mm. definitely an owl right now. It's a shame she has to get up and go to school. She will not and probably we never have breakfast. And my son is a lark. And even though he is a teenager, he's still a lark. So he goes and defies the rules. But, you know, he is a breakfast person. He has to have breakfast. And, and it just shows me exactly, you know, that's the script that I understand and it works. And for them. so what, so should we just not worry then for that period of time or will it naturally come out of it or just make sure there's food in the backpack? Exactly. The second <laughs> yeah. thing you said yeah. was then we equip him with things that he can have. Now, the school day can be really odd. And I know depending on which school they go to, they might not get a break until quite late in mm. the day. So our daughter's just started at the same school as her brother. And of course, the conversation last night was on a Monday, you are going to have to have something for brunch he said to his sister because it's too long a wait otherwise it's mm. I think 11 30 or something that they would get their first meal mm. so she isn't a breakfast person but she's definitely a brunch person she needs something but it has to be ready to have in that first break whenever that first break at school is then she would have a lunch later and she would actually backload she had her biggest meal of the day at the end of the day mm. yeah I've got one like that yeah I've got one like that so my middle daughter's like that and and I I used to battle 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 You've got to have something to eat. You've got to have something to eat for breakfast. And I was like, and she just, we just, yeah, like you have, have tried and everything, but learnt very quickly that, yeah, especially she just got worse as she got closer to the teenage years. You know, it was more sort of when she was in, in sort of primary school and the early start of, of senior school. Um, and, and then it's just like, well, she's absolutely fine without it. You know, she's not struggling. Um, and she was equipped with having something in her bag if she wanted it. But it was and, and they had quite an early break at the time. Whereas my son's a bit different. He needs it um, for his concentration, definitely, but doesn't always want to get up and have it. And I and this transition from having been able to lie in and have brunch and mm. back into the school is going to be quite tricky over the next uh, couple of days for him, I think. But the but the the thing that he will have in the morning quite happily is kind of a, a shake or a smoothie. So. Um, I've got in some sort of protein shake um, mixtures, which are, f you know, especially made for kids that have got all the nutrients in it that are going to be helpful to him. And then we just blend in some oats and things like that and maybe some fruit. Um, and he's quite happy to drink that as he's getting ready, you know, and that ticks my box and it ticks his box. It actually gets him going. Um, otherwise, he really does struggle um, at school in the mornings. Well, that's really um, healthy. And if you can yeah, have something like that in the yeah. morning, that's great. Yeah, and he doesn't feel like he's having breakfast. Um, if you don't make it too thick you know if you put mm. lots of water in it they just think it's like a milkshake um, and that you know that really ticks his box so um, yeah and the elder one she's a lark so she's quite happy to go to bed early and get get up early and she'll eat before she goes to breakfast and, and so uh, before she goes to school so hopefully then if it's their own natural rhythm it's not affecting what their brain too much then by following this rhythm is that yeah what? you follow your so, natural rhythm exactly okay. now there are people that don't fall you know definitely into the owl or the lark category and and then you know again it comes back to listening to your own body you know and actually this starts it starts in the womb it starts when the babies mm -hmm. are born you know that we are very um sort of uh what's the word um <laughs> intuitive intuitive that's the word i'm looking for that's that's what we are human beings are intuitive and actually if we always listen to our body and we always at what our body's needed we would be 
a lot healthier. You know, you listen to your body. And, and one of the things in nutrition that you tend to find is that if you ever work with a client and then you um, recommend some supplements for them, often it's to show the body what they've been missing. Mm. Then they naturally want to have more of the foods that contain those nutrients. Then you don't need the supplements anymore. Yeah, and, the, That's how yeah. It should work. and that very much happens with, you know, when you reduce people's sugars. Mm. Um, if you sort of do, do a bit of a, a reduction in the sugar intake, you'll very quickly, your, your taste buds for a start change. Um, and then you, you crave less sugar because when you do have a little bit of sugar, it seems so sugary, um, you know, and it, that is just your body changing to, to get back into its own rhythm and its own uh, intuitiveness, basically. Does that cause headaches? Yes, it does. Okay. It, yeah, cutting out the sugar. If you Same with caffeine. Okay, because my husband and I, we're both yeah. going on a bit of a health kick after okay, we've got fabulous. back. Yeah, we had a lovely week in France where we did loads in the outdoors, lots of walking, lots of activity, blah de blah de blah So we, we're on a bit of a health kick. The, the headache that I had yesterday yeah. was just, yeah... That massive. could well be it. it. That's the toxins kind of just coming out of your body. And, so I've got and toxins coming out of my body. Yeah. Lovely. Well, I went, <laughs> see them, look. Yeah. <laughs> I went teetotal from January through to Easter, and I felt so much better. I lost weight. I felt better. Uh, and there's actually an app I've got now, which is measuring my sugar intake. Really? And I'm trying to reduce. I've got a, an app also that reminds me to take water every hour, because that's another a great way mm. of doing it. Mm. I'm typically male. I need to be prompted. So I, I'm not naturally inclined. Um, so, yeah, so that's the best way of doing it for me. But going back to the circadian rhythm, mm. most people didn't believe that existed till oh, probably really about does. 15 years ago. <laughs> and there's a great book um, and why, called Why We Sleep, mm. and I mm. highly recommend it. It's a book I, I never thought I'd read in terms of, oh, okay, I'll probably skim it. Oh, my God, I couldn't put that book down. And it's really? an amazing. If you don't... Cover to cover, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. if you want to read one book about this whole thing, read that book. And and they they tested the circadian rhythm by two scientists going down into the darkest cave you could find. No daylight, no sunlight, no clocks, no nothing. And then bodies naturally fell asleep and woke up and yeah. they worked it out. And they won the Nobel Peace Prize on the back of that. I mean, it wasn't just a, a little bit of research. And the aura ring, have you heard of that yes. one? Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a great... Uh, a, um, device it's just a little ring you can put it on people are you know have fitbits and i don't think apple watch does sleep yet but um but the aura ring's great if you want to find your circadian rhythm that's one of the best ways of finding it oh i mean i i know that there was there has been discussion over the years haven't they about for teenagers in secondary school about this whole debate does the day start later for mm. them? Bloody, you mm, know, because yeah. obviously it is school day. You obviously yeah. get some teenagers that are larks, but then it's quite usual to go through that period where lots of teenagers are struggling to get up, but they're also wanting to stay up later. Yeah, um, and their immune systems are affected by yeah. that, which is very interesting at the moment. Um, if you are an owl, you are more predisposed to illness. Yeah, because oh. you're going against your natural circadian rhythm in order to fit in with society's norms. You know. Work start. I, mean, I read in the paper this morning that uh, the transport network is as busy as it was pre-pandemic now. So uh, you know, people going Everyone's back into bang. the office. So the mm. expectation is we now have a rush hour. So the expectation is you're supposed to be at work, what, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. If you're an owl, that's really early for your body. Mm. So it, it is quite an important thing, I think. If, if we were able, I mean, gosh, I wouldn't want to try and organise this, but if, if teenagers were able to have a later day, you know, that I think that would... It would not only mean that they would have better exam results, I think their mental health would be better, they'd be less prone to um, problems with their immune system, etc., etc. But 
it's not always easy on the rest of the people that the support no, network. It's not. One of the reasons, though, they struggle is their melatonin levels are low. Yeah, and yeah. They don't get melatonin like adults until they're in their late teens. So when I found that out, I mean, we've got blackout curtains for our children. The dark you can make the room for them, the better, mm. because they haven't got the natural level of melatonin we have, which is why they don't sleep when when they go to bed. Yeah, they, they yeah. don't get as tired as we do. And also mm. another important element of the the melatonin, the precursor to melatonin, is serotonin, ninety five percent of which is made in the gut. And we're now so much more aware of the connection between gut health and sleep than we ever were in the past. So looking at gut health as um, one of the uh, focal points for improving sleep would be certainly where I would start. Okay, great. All right. Well, that leads us really nicely <laughs> onto, um, yeah, so understanding that whole connection then with, with eating and sleeping. So you're saying it yeah. all begins in the gut. Yes. It certainly has a connection to it, definitely. Um, and, and you know, I mean, I think most people recognise that, you know, eat, sleeping is really important to us, whether we're, we're in our circadian rhythm or not. We know that we all have to, to sleep to, you know, primarily let our bodies rest, repair and recover from the day, really. But not many people realise that it also has a, a great impact on our immune system, as Jenny was just saying. But, you know, generally our brain health... Um, and you know if we are out of our circadian rhythm it will affect you know talking about teenagers again the concentration and your ability to to function throughout the day um and and has a massive impact on our overall health so if we've got our gut health in 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 order that's gonna that's gonna help but we can also um eat certain nutrients which will so just jenny was just talking about there the serotonin and the melatonin mm. well the precursor to those is tryptophan and you can eat things um uh, which have foods which have tryptophan in it which will then lead to um the serotonin and the melatonin being produced better and more effectively so things like banana and walnuts those are those are two great um great ones for that um, and there's also something else called GABA which people don't know so much about which also has a great impact it's a it's a kind of uh, neurotransmitter inhibitor so it's it's uh, downgrades all sort of excitable tran- neurotransmitters so it calms everything down where's where's that found? so GABA isn't found in food but the precursor to it um uh, which is going to escape me now uh, which is called come on Jenny you're the nutritional therapist <laughs> Oh. Well, while you're thinking, while of, I'm thinking, while about you're what thinking of that, what other foods? Glutamine. <laughs> what is that? Glutamine. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and and again, that that can be found in in things like banana, nuts, um, nuts and seeds, um, eggs. Um, so it, you know, there are lots of different areas where you can get these nutrients. Uh, magnesium is another great one. That's leafy greens um, primarily, but in lots of other things as well. Um, so there are lots of things that you can make sure that you have in your diet that will help to um, to, to, to bring about these uh, connections that help us to sleep and kind of start that sleep pattern. And is there then a time that you need to be eating these foods then? Well, it's not to do, it's just basically... I'd, consuming them digesting them it's not to do with what time you're eating not necessarily but if you want to have a bedtime snack go for something like banana and walnuts or something like that would be a a good snack to have 
Okay, well, let's just have a quick break and have a song. And then when we come back, let's just hear a little bit more about this eat sleep connection and how we can. So, so the gut we've got to focus on. And I mean, when you said about the patterns, I'm just thinking this first week back to school as well. Mm, I mean, I know in our household, our whole adjustment is we're trying to go to bed earlier Mm. so then we can wake up with the alarm and not feel and it's just and I know it's going to take a good couple of weeks but really what we're doing then certainly for the teenager in the house is really going against you know we're trying to do this to kind of get back into the school routine yeah Um, and we're shoehorning them into something that that yeah that, that naturally they don't necessarily want to be in but we have to work with what yes. society tells us yep. what time school starts. <laughs> oh, it's fascinating. All right, here we go. Bruno Mars, Just the Way You Are. Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot. Maidenhead, Maidenhead. Bracknell, Bracknell. Wokingham, Wokingham. Henley. Henley, Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The Voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley.
Welcome back to School of Parenting on River Radio with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and I'm joined by Joe Keyes, natural chef from Time to Nourish, and Jenny Tishi, nutrition expert from the Lunchbox Doctor. So we've been talking about some Lunchbox ideas um, just to kind of get you motivated for this back-to-school term. Uh, We've been talking about some... um, what do we do with our teens that don't want to eat breakfast? Well, I feel actually a lot better about it. Good. Basically, you're saying I don't have to no. worry, really. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. Just make sure he's got the right stuff in his backpack for when he does want to eat. Um, and we, st- we started talking about the um, getting better sleep and the whole connection between um, food and the gut and we were saying that obviously at the moment with with those of us that have got teenagers or owls so like to stay up late and we're going through that whole period where we're just having to adjust and go against that natural Mm. cycle Um, but obviously we're not in a position to change the school system although we you know it has been debated it has yeah it's been talked about Um, a lot and and also with all the research with the books that you're talking about, yeah. like if there's all if there's so much research and scientific research, I don't you know I didn't you know I knew it had been debated, but I didn't realise there was quite that much evidence. But you know perhaps it is a nightmare. I think it is just that, like, as Jenny was saying, the logistics of of changing the school day times, you know, for a teen for a, the teenager years is not it's just not logistically mm. possible. And parents um, working, um, yeah, perhaps, yeah, us, it's just know. a logistical nightmare really to be able to change that. We, don't, we can't decide not to throw the clocks forward. So yeah, we're not going to do anything yes. else. No, mm. that's right. Yes, that's, that's absolutely. Right. And I know in primary schools, because when I was a primary teacher, we'd actually always do the what we call the core or the more important lessons mm-hmm. first thing in the morning because yeah. it was it was thought that so the maths and English were always in the morning and then your other subjects were were later on. Um, I don't know how that works then in secondary school whether they've even perhaps with the timetable would you be better to do sport then in the morning or potentially yeah you know because I I think that still follows through in secondary school that maths and English is generally yeah Yeah, there's an argument again that you know you're you're best off um, exercising in the morning if you're a lark But later in the day, if you're an owl, again, uh, to do with, you so know, reflecting not everybody's needs. So, really, yeah. nothing in the no. morning? Just no. Yeah. And so then the owls just need to be able to stay in bed or rock yeah. up at school about lunchtime. Yeah. So, mm, I think all we can work. do is start to, to to manage the transition, really, and do everything we can to to feed them in a way that they uh, helps them sleep um, and, and just be gentle on that transition, certainly for the first couple of weeks, um, especially if we're talking teenagers. You mm. know, I think the, the very younger primary school uh, parents are, are really glad that their kids are going back because they're all already still up at six o'clock every morning. They don't Absolutely. know that it's a summer holiday. Yeah, look at the children's TV schedule. Yeah. That tells you a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so, just getting a good routine, I think, is, you know, you mentioned bedtimes and it's having that routine get back, uh, you know, get back to a routine um, now they're back at school and 
and eating dinner at a, at a sensible time um, that's not too close to bedtime because eating a big meal too close to when you're trying to get them to go to bed at what you know for me I'd be trying to get my son back to bed by sort of 9 nine thirty ish um, but you know and then you add in sports sports fixtures and things in the evenings it, it is a logistical nightmare so it's just for your family and it will be different for everybody whether you've got larks or owls um, working with and finding a routine that works around everybody to make sure that they've had a decent dinner which is is um, is not going to spike their blood sugars too too much before bedtime so you want to keep it with good um, slow release carbohydrates if you're you know having sort of rice and things you want them to be brown rice um, and uh, a, a good amount of protein because that's where uh, tryptophan is a, is a protein amino acid um, so it's it's then getting those nutrients in there to, to sort of spark over spark off those um, sleep pathways to to fit in with your circadian rhythm as much as you can um, and as uh, Sam said you know the dark bedrooms is is really helpful and then technology let's not even start uh. that <laughs> yeah we're doing the eating early simply yeah. because I've mentioned my husband and I are trying to get a little bit healthier so mm-hmm. we're trying to so we are doing the dinner earlier it's not really making a lot of difference no. on bedtime we're still mm-hmm. fighting it do as parents do you get to the point where you just kind of have to say they're going to get as much will they naturally just get more tired I mean that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking come the end of the week they're going to be so tired because they have had to get up at Mm -hmm. a certain time we can't adjust that that then eventually they will you know after the 10th time of saying Will you go to sleep? Will you go to bed? They will just fall asleep. I think, I think the <laughs> problem with that assumption is, as Jay rightly pointed out, technology. Because mm. blue light is known to stimulate you and keep you awake and alert beyond your body's natural signal to sleep. And that's the problem, particularly with teenagers. You know, the bright light in their beds often right before bedtime mm-hmm. it's going to disrupt their natural circadian rhythm they are going to be even if they were tired it would be overridden okay. by you know what the brain was doing and many teens actually go around with a huge amount of adrenaline surging through them a lot of the time and you know i know joe and i will talk about adrenal fatigue which is increasingly mm. common which is where these little glands that sit above the kidney add above renal kidney um, they sit there and they provide what your body needs to be able to handle stress but if you consistently ask the same of these poor little glands to produce the hormones that you need to be able to manage stress eventually they go oh tired can't do it anymore and that's when they start getting illnesses you know I know people talk about things like glandular fever being you know a teenage disease but one of the many reasons that they get it other than the fact it's a kissing disease and they kiss more it's to do with their immune systems because because they are... Sorry, I don't agree with I have. Me and my wife have a lot of k- good kissing. So. But you're not teenagers anymore. <laughs> oh, we just pretend. They act like they act like. Children often say, get a uh, room. Yeah, so, you know, and, and that does affect, you know, everything uh, again. And why is that? So why are they working more then? You're say, because they're, they're under more stress. Yeah, because they've got... Not only have they got... And, and I, I know many a person of 
let's say our generation will go, oh, it can't be that much harder than it was when we were, you know, in our day. But I think there is so much more expectation um, and they have so much more exposure to expectation via social media, mm-hmm. um, you know, be it Instagram, be it just their peers, um, be it the network. I mean, how many of you had a thousand people that you would have called your friends at the age of 16? Mm. They're not really your friends, but that's the point. You think mm. they are and you think that you're, you know, performing, right? Yeah, and that stress alone, then you've got all of your other things so you've got to get your qualifications you want to have a career you want to be seen to be a responsible employee many many teens are going into employment and they want to do a good job and they want to make a good impression on their new employers and and I think all of that pressure on top of everything else combined with the social media and the fact that they're staying awake against their body's natural rhythm Mm. I I think there's a huge amount of stress on teenagers absolutely I mean we've spoken a lot on the show um, with Claire Cogan who specializes Mm. in teenage mental health and saying that there there is a lot more um, Mm. because it is all the expectations and I think it's definitely a whole different kind of pressure that children have on them so then that combined with devices that we didn't have and, and fighting all that. And so by looking at those screens, they're not, they're not then going to feel that they're, oh, well, actually, I am tired because I have got up early yeah. to go to school. So what mm. we've designed, though, is FOMO into technology. Yes. Yeah. And that's the problem. So yes. Even um, us as adults have that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I say to people... Um, Soap operas, you know, like Coronation Street, Emmerdale, were designed to be weekly so that you'd have an actual break. Mm. Books have chapters, so you can get to a chapter and have an actual break. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok are designed never to end. And Constant. that's that problem. Love and that even analogy. if you get yeah. to the bottom of it, 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 it's that worry that you've missed the top, something's happened again, mm. so you keep yeah. going and keep going. Scroll on. The kids, the biggest fear is that there's a party been announced or some gossip's happened and they've yeah. missed it. Yeah. So it's constantly designed to do that. And that FOMO is what they never put the device down at night for. Yeah. So um, we get all of our children to put them in the bathroom. Good yeah. idea. And... and Sometimes you can hear them get up, but we <laughs> you do our best. <laughs> and then yeah. at, at about 18, I've given up. Well, that's the problem is that now with my teenagers, I want to go to bed a lot earlier than they do. So uh, how do you manage that? They're, you know, Say good night and go to bed. I know. <laughs> that's but, what I've yeah, doing. Well, well, that's what I do. But, you know, then it's Doesn't a matter right. of trust to te- get them to take their put their technology down a lot of the time. And I think the only thing you can do in that situation is be a good role model. Yeah, yeah. Put your phone away. Yeah, obviously. That's well, what I do. I do. <laughs> I didn't last night, no. <laughs> did it come to bed with you? <laughs> it did, yeah. But I, I, I am trying not to, yeah, exactly. So, as you say, not have phones, that's what we've spoken about. This, you know, not phones on tables, not having them out all the time, mm. not in the evenings. Yeah, absolutely be a, be a good role model. I mean, the other thing that we are having to, we we have threatened, is is obviously the whole Wi-Fi shuts down. At a good idea. Time. Good because, idea. It doesn't uh, yeah. work. They find an alternative way. They just go well, on they've 4G. got 4G. <laughs> it doesn't work. That doesn't work. I've tried yeah. that. Well, perhaps it depends. It would definitely work with one of them. Yeah. So, oh, okay. But might not then work with the other one. No. Well, oh. I've tried that where we, we jokingly said, right, I'll change the password. We'll, t- we'll yes. unplug the Wi Fi. And they go, go on then. Yeah. They don't I think care. we might move to a yurt. Yeah. <laughs> the middle of nowhere. So, um, Joe, you've got a you're you're doing a workshop, aren't you? Yes, on we're this. getting if back we want to workshops. To, yes, learn more. 
Yeah, so um, sleep, just that we were talking about. So um, I've got some new in-person workshops finally starting. So a new series of workshops um, called Nutrition, the Mind-Body Connection. So it's all about, you know, how we eat to support um, different aspects of our overall health, um, starting with eating for sleep, which is in October, in Marlow on the uh, 14th of October in Marlow. Um, but also then we're running workshops on eating for the mind, so talking about mental health um, and brain health, how you can eat better to support that part of your body. Um, gut health, which we touched on earlier, which we know has a big impact on all over health. Also eating for exercise, how to fuel your body um, better for exercise and also taking nutrients to um, uh, recover better from exercise so you feel better um, and the last one is eating for life and it's kind of just bringing together the fact that all of these different aspects all interrelate so we were talking about um, sleep well sleep's going to impact your mood your mood's going to impact your ability to exercise if you're not fueling your body for exercise you're not going to feel that you've got the energy to do it so you're going to feel sleepy and your gut as we've mentioned you know relates to um, sleep and uh, recovery from exercise your immune system um, and so the the last one um, eating for life really is just bringing all those aspects together to to find a simple solution that suits you because there isn't one one size fits mm. all you know everybody needs to eat differently um, and uh, it's finding what works for you without getting confused with all the different fads that are out there about what we should and we shouldn't be eating you know you know pineapple does this and flaxseed does that but it's just finding what works for you that you can continue to do over time for a long healthy life great okay and where where sh would we go to find out more um, so uh, my facebook page or my instagram or my website um, they're all timed to nourish okay and jenny what what can where can we go to find out more about what you do in your books your i mean yeah. How many books is it now? You say uh, five. So five, yeah. Wow. So, so um, Lunchbox Doctor is okay. is my social media handle, um, and yeah, just I, I try and post more sort of stuff that's useful to the general public, and the stuff that I do for other organisations just sort of goes on in the background. But um, yeah, so I've got some big projects that I'm working on at the moment, and probably the most exciting one is one for the Commonwealth Games. So I'm mm -hmm. writing an online curriculum with experts in other fields for GB athletes. Fabulous. It's a big project, that one. There was um, great discussion about your book yesterday on oh, my yeah. Facebook page, wasn't there, <laughs> which is fabulous, you know, all about Instant Pots. We were talking about saving time as the new term starts and everyone was talking about the gadgets that they've got in the kitchen uh, and the big one, the number one, was definitely the Instant Pot to be able to produce quick easy healthy uh, meals family meals mm. everyone was using their instant pot and um, everyone was using jenny's uh, different instant pot. instant pot you need to get it, an instant so pot this is a, a quicker version of a slow cooker yes yeah, exactly pressure right. cooker. Yeah. okay so the modern pressure have, cooker yeah so we've got the slow cooker which which the kids refuse to eat anything they can smell they can detect the smell because obviously it cooks all day when the slow yeah. cooker's been on oh so they, they refuse, already know what it's because i think be they before. know it involves vegetables um, <laughs> whatever other stuff i do have a thermomix though yes i do love the thermomix but the but the instant pot then is so a quicker slow yes yeah, it's called the multi-cooker okay. because it does lots of different yeah. things but 
I mean, the first thing it does is pressure cook. So, you know, if you imagine the old 1970s pressure cooker, they were used for a reason, but they also um, weren't so popular ultimately because they were dangerous. So then uh, fast steam, forward to 2012. I've got a vision of all the steam coming out. Exactly. A Canadian guy uh, was made redundant from Nortel and he decided that he would create this very safe version of a pressure cooker. But he wouldn't just do that. He'd make it a rice cooker, a yogurt maker and multiple other things to sous vide if you really want to go down that path. But the most important thing as a family is that you can make a risotto without steam in six minutes and you can make a whole all-in-one spag bowl in 15 minutes and jobs are good and so I love it from that simplicity mm. perspective it's great do you have one of those Sam no but I want to actually a question came to mind so would you as nutritionists recommend those blue ribbon boxes you know the the where they bring all the ingredients, just oh, what you need. Do you like recommend gusto them? and gusto and uh, what are they? Yeah. Hello, Hello fresh. Hello fresh and. Um, I think they have their place, I'll be honest, um, because I think if people um, don't have the confidence in the kitchen, they uh, don't have the time to meal plan and things like that, I think there's a really great opportunity for them there to use those type of um, of services because it teaches them how to, to make these recipes and to realise actually they're not that difficult. The problem I have with them, um, and, and also it saves on, on food waste, um, the problem I have with them is the excessive amount of packaging mm. that is used um and and the price and, well, yeah <laughs> let alone the price um but yeah if you're not having all the food waste and things like that I, th- I think it just gets people into more of a rhythm and then what i've found is that people who have used them have then taken those recipes and started using and purchasing the ingredients for their cupboards so that they can then make those uh those themselves again and again and again so i think it's a really good starter for certain people to get on a healthy kick um, and to meal plan we used it when i had gone back to work full time Mm. and the children were younger yeah so we were both working full time with young children and i'd found i'd got into the habit of taking boxes out of the freezer for dinner basically yeah um so I think your point about, you know, there's a, so at least with that, I felt a lot better about what I was then because everything was there Cooking and from it took scratch, out. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And then, but also it then widened the whole horizon on different recipes and all that kind of yeah. thing. And then obviously we, you know, then just naturally stopped. And yes. Yeah, I think it really does open people's eyes to a different variety of, of recipes and ingredients that they would probably never have even considered before. It's also great if you've got five people or seven. Yeah. <laughs> As my wife pointed out. Yeah. Because if you've, got portions, four, if you've got a four and you go down to Sainsbury's and you get four chickens, that's great. Yeah. Right, four chicken breasts or something. They never four do chickens. five. No. They never do a five. They do a six yeah. or a four, but they never yeah. do a three and they yeah. never do a five. So... Uh, I, I know, have to eat an extra. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, five. I'm the youngest of seven children. And so, you know, even when ready meals and things came into existence, there was no way on earth my mum was going to go out and buy no. nine portions of whatever it was. So no, we so always had meals cooked from scratch. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. We've come to the end of our show. It's just wow. whiz by. Thank you so much, Jenny and Joe. It's been um, really great talking to you. Really lots of useful information. And just go along to um, Jenny and Joe's um, websites, uh, Lunchbox doctor and time to nourish if you want to find out more some really great ideas thank you both very much um coming up on the show next week maidenhead great park we're going to be talking to debbie walker um she's going to be updating us on what's going on with that 
beautiful green space that is there, um, Maidenhead Great Park. Uh, it's the dream of the future that we could have if the green belt land that's currently leased by Maidenhead Golf Club is saved from development. Mm. So we're going to be getting an update there because the um, situation where it currently is, it's, it's actually in the hands now of the members of the golf club. Oh. So... Um, they have the opportunity to save that land. So um, really going to be interesting chatting to Debbie next week. You've been listening to um, School of Parenting with Rachel Tyrrell and my guests, Jenny Tishi from Lunchbox Doctor, Joe Keys from Time to Nourish, and we've had Sam in here today, which Guest has been yes. lovely. <laughs> Thank you for having us, Rachel. <laughs> Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this.